You're listening to The Big Show on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the show. It is The Big Show with Russick and Rose for mortgagestogo.ca. George will be back tomorrow. My name is Matty Rose. That's Patty Dumas. Yellow. GVP's in the other room. Yellow. We all kind of sound the same. Yeah. It's fine. Ah. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. They're all things basement tea. Going to be a lot of football in this hour. Yes, sir. Matt Marchese set to join the program in mere moments. He is the producer of the Jeff Merrick Show. Mm-hmm. He is also the host of the Fan Checkdown, which is after the Merrick Show. So he does a little bit of hockey, a little bit of football every day, much like what we do here on the big show. Uh, so we'll chat with him about uh, his guest lineup for the rest of the week and his thoughts on the Super Bowl as well. Some of the audio that we've had from Media Day has been very fun. We'll actually get to some of that audio uh, around our lock of the day as well for Metal Supermarkets Calgary. That's coming up uh, before we say goodbye. And Demontre Moore, former NFL defensive lineman, played with the San Francisco 49ers, was actually part of that roster um, when they went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs four seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't play in the game. He got injured in Week 12, but now a member of the Calgary Stampeders. And he's set to join our program coming up around 35 minutes from now. Mm -hmm. And that'll be good as well. We'll ask him uh, who he still knows on the team, what he remembers. That one was uh, down in Miami. so just before the pandemic. Another city that you can certainly get after it in. Oh, yeah. Um, I wonder what where he was, per se. But we'll ask all that when DeMontre joins us coming up at 840. Uh, That'll be as we wrap up the show. And maybe if we have time, we'll get to some of our uh, favorite sound bites from Media Day at the the Super Bowl, the big game, whatever you're choosing to call it. We go down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to chat with our next guest, Matt Marchese. Hello, Matt. How's it going today, man? I'm good, guys. How are you? We're good. We're good. So far, so good. No complaints. Just reveling in a big Flames win yesterday over the Boston Bruins, something that uh, I know when uh, the the Martin Pospisil video was put up on social, there was a lot of Leafs fans in the comments enjoying what Pospisil had done to Brad Marchand. Uh, that goes without question. I think anytime something something bad happens, to, not bad, but like you know something happens to Brad Marchand where it's not totally egregious, he's not getting super hurt, but they they get a little bit of a chuckle out of it and a nice little wry smile. How about physically unpleasant? I, that works. Yeah, I think that's that's a very, very um, proper way to describe it. I like that. I'm going to yeah. use that, actually. Diplomatic. Yeah, that's exactly what I was yeah. going for. Yeah. Uh, I did want to uh, ask you, how was the All-Star game? What did, did you get to the Beaver show? Did you get to the Nelly Furtado show? What, what did you get up to for All-Star weekend? I, with a screaming child at home, I did not get up to anything around All-Star weekend, but I did watch... Um, from a distance, and honestly, like just the whole weekend seemed like a big success. And I'm not saying that because it's in Toronto, because, and I, I said this on on with Jeff Merrick, I'm not a big All Star Game guy. I, as a kid, like we all were, I, I I was very much an All Star Game guy. And as I got a little bit older, I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's not for me. But I thought that the whole weekend went pretty well. Like 
the skills con- the draft was whatever it's going to be kind of chintzy and cheesy and we understand all that but the skills challenge was great the fact that they didn't have you know everybody participating and guys in events that you know they really didn't want to do um and then the three on three on saturday i thought was you know it wasn't incredibly competitive but it was competitive enough that it wasn't unwatchable. I thought it was actually pretty good at points. And I think it was Austin Matthews that had told Luke Fox, and he basically said, like, we're all here. We might as well play hard and try and win something. So I think that's kind of the mentality that needs to happen going forward. But, you know, if this is the last all-star game for a couple of years, and if that's the case, um, which, it, well, it, it is, uh, I think it was pretty good, and it leaves you with a – you know, a, a positive mindset going into the next one. Before we get on to some of the football topics, I did want to ask you, because you had an opportunity to interview Craig Conroy on uh, the Merrick show last week, was there anything that maybe stood out to you following the trade of Elias Lindholm to Vancouver for Andre Kuzmenko, uh, as well as some other pieces? You know, I thought, I mean, he didn't, he gave a little bit, in terms of like where the team was kind of heading and what direction. And I feel like, you know, the, the Lindholm trade kind of told us where the team was going, but you know, the team is going to decide <laughs> where they end up going because if they play like they did last night against Boston, you know, in 75% of their games, they might be in the playoffs. They probably will be in the playoffs. Um, but what I thought was, was interesting was, you know, they, they did a little background work on Kuzmenko and having Trent Cullen, the organization, who worked with Bruce Boudreaux, who really got Kuzmenko going um, last season, I thought that that was really interesting because there's one thing that we do know about coaches and GMs is they do like familiarity. And, and if they felt that, like, here's the way I kind of look at it. If Kuzmenko was playing like he did last year and putting up points and scoring goals like he did last year, he wouldn't be available right now. But they knew enough about him based on the conversation that I had, and they know what makes this guy tick. They think they can kind of, you know, get him back to form. And I think it's the right move to make because even if he does get back to form and they decide, you know what? You know, this year and next year, maybe there's going to be, you know, a little bit more moving parts here and and we're going to go a little bit younger. Then he becomes a trade asset for you. So I think this is kind of a a no-lose situation because while he wasn't, he was one of the focal points, he he wasn't maybe the main one and was probably the piece that they needed to, uh, you know, bring in because, well, you got to make the money work. So I I thought that was really interesting just on, on, you know, finding – um, what makes Kuzmenko work, having Trent call in the organization. I like that. I also liked, and I asked them about the idea of acquiring guys that, you know, don't skate all that well mm. and they're younger players like Brustavich's and saying like, yeah, we can work with that. Like there are certain things that you can't fix, but skating you can fix. And that's something that has been, you know, a tale as old as time, but a lot of people shy away from it. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting too. He, he offered a lot of, good insight um and he did go out of his way to compliment how well the goalies have played this year which i thought was very interesting as Mm -hmm. well yeah they have been solid for sure uh that's the hockey story let's get over to the football as well because of course you host the fan check down we have it every day at noon here in our market um do you enjoy the lead up in the week or does it feel like it's kind of a bit much because obviously the big game is coming up on sunday but it's just 
the whole week there's media avails and it feels like there's like three or four of them a day. Uh, what do you make of the week leading up to the Super Bowl? It, it does feel kind of long. The only kind, the only good thing is there are still other things going on that you can talk about. Like there's still offensive coordinators being hired, defensive coordinators being hired. Last week we had a couple of coaches hired. So that, that helps. The, the benefit of the NFL is there's always something going on. There's always a storyline that you can kind of sink your teeth into. So the week does get long, but I also count my blessings because after the week is done, the game happens, we have two shows left, and then that's it for us for the season. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I'm of two minds on it. Like, yeah, it is long and it, it can be annoying, but at the same time, it's like, wow, the football season's almost over already. So you kind of find ways to have fun with it. Like we're going to have Adam rank on today. We're going to go over some fun um, prop bets. Um, We'll do some look ahead stuff in terms of free agency with, with Brad Spielberger from pro football focus. Uh, So you you kind of find a way to do it. Um, And also like the week leading up allows you to get some interesting guests on. Like we had, we've had Mark Trestman on before, but we had him on yesterday and he and I, I'm not trying to pump my tires because I wasn't the one asking the good questions. Donovan was, but he just gave such insightful answers on game planning and you know being in a Super Bowl, and so you, you're able to pull knowledge from other people in what is kind of a quiet week for some. For people that are there, it does get a little bit chaotic, but it's you know it's a long week, but it can also be a very productive week. Um, and then there's all the nonsense that goes like, you know, media day is a sideshow a lot of the time. Um, and you do get some good stuff, but also, you know, there's a couple of clowns that show up every once in a while. Hmm. So, um, that's kind of weird to me, but yeah, it's the, it's kind of the double-edged sword. Um, I get kind of pissed off because it is a long week, but then I'm like, ah, this has been a really fun season. and I don't really want it to end, but I know it's going to come to an end on Sunday. Yeah, you mentioned it. There's always the quirky questions in media day. Do you have a personal favorite of one of the many that have come out since that was all done the other day? Oh, the one, the the reporter asking Patrick Mahomes how he felt about his dad's DUI. It's like, what's he supposed to say? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm really proud of my dad for hitting the hat trick and, and getting a third DUI. Like, that is, you know, it's something that we put up on the mantle. Like, what's he supposed to say? Like, yeah, and he's not going to say, you know, I'm really pissed off at my dad for getting a DUI during Super Bowl week. Um, you know, you can ask questions about the dumb stuff his brother does, too. Like, I mean, those I, – I, I don't even know if I understand why people ask the question because it has nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes Jr. It only has to do with Patrick Mahomes Sr. So that's the part where I just – like, those types of questions. Even, like, the weird one, like, Travis Kelsey, have you heard any of the songs from Taylor Swift's new album? Even if I did, I'm not telling you about them. Like, that's a secret until the album comes out. Come on. Or did he invent uh, the, the fade? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> like, the fade has been around for decades. Since the it's military been, days. Po- yeah, and it's been popular in mainstream culture for a lot longer than Travis Kelsey has been sporting it. I can promise you that. Um, yeah, people, you know what? People are just trying to, this is the problem with today. I sound like such an old man right now. Do it. This is the problem with, with kind of journalism or whatever we're referring to as journalism today. Everybody wants that viral video so that they can become famous and get their, not even 15 seconds of fame anymore. It's because it's not just TV. It's like these videos that live in infamy forever. And you just want to be a part of it instead of, you know, kind of working hard to do your job type thing. 
Um, yeah, I hate that stuff. Maddie, how much pressure is going to be on Kyle Shanahan heading into Sunday? This is a guy that was uh, the offense coordinator in Atlanta during the 28-3 uh, blowing in Super Bowl 51. And now, you know, this is back to the big game again for, for the 49ers. What happens if he falls again on Sunday? And how are we going to look at Kyle Shanahan in the, in the I guess, in the immediacy and, and in the long term? Can he be the guy that can get this team over the hump? Yeah, it go, it's twofold. One, you either talk about him in the same light as his father if they win, yep. or if they lose, we're talking about him in the same class as like Marv Levy, like get to the game, can't win. Um, it's a really interesting dynamic because the difference between, between Kyle Shanahan and those other guys that I mentioned is Kyle Shanahan's still very young. And mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan's been around the game for a long time, yes. Um, but I think it's kind of... I, I, it's kind of unfair criticism for Kyle Shanahan in the sense of, like, look at what he's going up against. Like, yeah. this Chiefs team is not supposed to be here. It's the year that if there was an opportunity to beat the Chiefs for the Dolphins, for the Ravens, for the Bills, none of them could do it. Are the, are the Niners just the team that is, you know, trying to get in the way of destiny here? Because sometimes that doesn't work. Even though you may be the more talented team, even though you may be, you know, the, the better offensive mind, although I, I'm pretty sure Andy Reid is still, you know, at the top of that list. But still, like, I think it's just unfair criticism for the guy because, A, he's not playing. He could call a perfect game. Mm-hmm. And weird things can happen, and we're still going to judge him as the guy who went to three Super Bowls and lost three Super Bowls. And I think context matters. Um, the 28-3, that's on Kyle Shanahan because they just tried to – You know, the offensive game planning in the second half was not good. Like, they took the ball out of the quarterback's hands, and by the time they needed to put it in his hands, he couldn't make a play. So so that, to me, was on Kyle Shanahan. The last Super Bowl, I don't put that on Kyle Shanahan. Patrick Mahomes and that offense was not going to be denied. And this year, it feels like they've caught fire at the right time, and they're in a great position to win. Their defense is playing well. The offense isn't turning the ball over. Um, also because they haven't really played Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore, so that helps. Uh, they run the ball really well. It's just a different-looking Chiefs team than we've seen. And so I think that in the immediacy, people will look at it and say, well, it's Kyle Shanahan, and he lost three Super Bowls. Whereas in the long term, I think we can look at it and say, this guy's still got a long future in football. Like, his story isn't written yet. So to call him, like, this failure, mm-hmm. when he's been to three Super Bowls before the age of 40 – as a coordinator or a coach, like that's pretty impressive. So that's why I'm like, I'm very hesitant to say like, if Kyle Shanahan loses this one, you know, we're going to put him in the same category as Marv Levy. No, no, we're not. Or at least we shouldn't. Uh, Can the Niners fall down like they did in the divisional and the championship game and still be okay on Sunday? Or will the chiefs just be like, see that and just bowl them the hell over? I don't think they can fall behind only because Steve Spagnuolo is one of the best defensive coordinators that we've seen in the last 40 years, 50 years, probably ever, if we're being honest. And when he's able to, when he knows that you just have to pass and he's going up against a young quarterback who at times has made mistakes, I think that is like catnip for Steve Spagnuolo. And I think that's where you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. Not that you're going to completely eliminate Christian McCaffrey from the game because you never will because of his skill set. 
But if you've taken away the ability to run the ball, that's trouble. The other thing is on the flip side, Kansas City hasn't turned the ball over. And they've run the ball exceptionally well with Isaiah Pacheco. So this isn't the Chiefs of old where, you know, the defense isn't very good and they don't run the ball very well because that can be a recipe for any team can get back in a game. But the way that they're playing right now with that really solid, like their defense has been as good as anybody's over the course of this entire season. And the way that they're able to, uh, you know, get a pass rush going without having to rush, you know, five or six guys, like they, they don't need to blitz all the time. Also because San Francisco's offensive line, as good as people think it is, you know, Trent Williams is really good. Everybody else is kind of just meh mm-hmm. right now. They're not playing very well. So they don't need to pin their ears back all the time. Like they can really throw different dynamic looks at you defensively, and that's going to cause a lot of problems not only for Brock Purdy but for Kyle Shanahan. So I don't think it's like they can't get down by more than 10 points in this game if they want a chance. Because I think Kansas City's offense, even though they've been able to run the ball really well, there's still that question about guys catching passes. Because, yes, they have all playoffs, and there's been, you know, Travis Kelsey's the only guy that seemingly dropped the ball. But that can all change in an instant in a big game. So I think there's that little seed of doubt that maybe the, the Chiefs don't have it, but us as viewers and people who watch the game and analyze it think that there maybe is a seed of doubt there. But if they're able to just, you know, game manage after they get a lead, it's going to be tough sledding for, for the Niners if they're down by more than 10 points. If the Chiefs do indeed win on Sunday, it would be their third Super Bowl in five years, obviously just making them a dynasty. That's what we consider dynasties nowadays. Where would you put them in the echelon of, of great teams in the NFL? We're talking like the 70s Steelers, obviously the 90s Cowboys, the 80s 49ers, the 2000s Patriots. Where do they end up shaking out in amongst the great dynasties in, in all of NFL history if, if, they, uh, if they do win on Sunday? I think it's probably top three, and for, for a few reasons. One, when we look at the evolution of the Chiefs, they were this gunslinging team, and we know Andy Reid loves to throw the football, and he doesn't love to run the ball, um, but they were the gunslinging team that couldn't stop anybody on defense. Mm-hmm. Then it slowly started to change because Tyree Kill was gone, and then they had to they had to run the ball a little bit more effectively, and it wasn't the first-round pick running back that was doing it. It was the sixth-round pick running back that was doing it, and Isaiah Pacheco and not Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And they, they haven't been as gimmicky as they were when they had, you know, this uber talent um, in Tyreek Hill. Maybe not gimmicky, but they, the offense was different, was more explosive. They've now changed the entire offense to look more like you know, a dink and dunk offense, what we saw a lot of the New England Patriots do with Tom Brady. And the defense has been exceptional the entire season. They actually look more like the Patriots Mm -hmm. of the later Tom Brady years when they were, you know, when it was whoever was the slot receiver was the best receiver that they had outside of Gronk. They didn't really have an outside threat. That's kind of what we see here with the Chiefs, they look more like the Patriots than the early edition of the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs. So that's why, to me, this whole evolution has been so impressive. And Andy Reid, the coaching genius of Andy Reid, the guy who could never win anything, now could have a third Super Bowl 
in five years. To me, that's why I have them in the top three because of how things have changed over the course of those five years. And in those five years, they've been dominant. All they do is go to AFC championship games and they have home field except for this year. That's the other thing. They didn't have home field, you know, going into these playoffs. They were the road team for, you know, two of the, uh, of the last two games and they went into those buildings and they won. So that's why it's been very impressive for me, which is why I would have them in the top three. You mentioned it off the top, but part of this week is uh, coordinator hires. Who's getting in to be the new OCs and DCs around the league? Who's your uh, favorite hiring so far? Do you have one that's uh, also maybe a bit of a head scratcher, something that left you a little bit puzzled as far as coordinator hires go? So, okay, so I'll start with that one. How about coordinator fires and not being part of the coaching cycle? Like, this Eric the Enemy thing is wild. Mm. The guy who was the hot candidate last year didn't get a job, but he got the offensive coordinator job in Washington where he was going to call the plays. I don't think he did a bad job in Washington when you consider how bad that offensive line was. For him to just not have a job is so crazy to me. I, I thought that that was one of the more intriguing things. Like, does Eric the Enemy just not interview well? The Washington Commanders knew that they were going to get rid of Ron Rivera at the end of the season. Why they did not fire him after, let's say, the 12 or 13 game mark and let Eric Bieniemy coach this team, see what he can do. He's in-house. You can see what he can do with this team. He has familiarity with the players because he's been there for a little bit more than half a year. Why not give him that shot? That, to me, was kind of a, a, a telling sign of, what the commanders thought of Eric Bieniemy, and maybe what the rest of the league thinks of Eric Bieniemy. which again, he was a hot coaching candidate coming out of last season and didn't get a head coaching job and got an offensive coordinator job. Um, the one hire that I really like, because I'm very intrigued to see how this works in the division, is Mike McDonald in Seattle. He inherits a, a defensive roster that has really good players on it, um, he also inherits an offensive part of the roster that has good players on it. I don't think Seattle is a bad team. I think with the right structure in place and just changing things from the Pete Carroll way is really, really interesting to me. But the part that I find the most fascinating with Mike McDonald is the division he goes into. He's got to go up against Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay four times a year. And to me, that's why he was brought in because he is a very smart defensive mind we saw what he did at Michigan prior to going to Baltimore we saw what he did in Baltimore he inherits a defense that I would assume is going to add pieces in the draft on that side of the football so he's going to get even better maybe they are players in free agency for some of these guys maybe you know he brings Justin Matabike who was a fantastic interior defensive lineman for the Ravens who if I'm not mistaken had 13 and a half or 14 and a half sacks this year I wonder about that. To me, that's a very interesting hire. Also, I want to know who they're going to bring in as offensive coordinator. Maybe it's the guy that we just talked about in Eric Bieniemy. Shane Waldron, who was the offensive coordinator in Seattle, is now in Chicago. That vacancy is open. I wonder if they haven't named the, the, the person who will take over that position because they were waiting to find out what Eric Bieniemy was doing, if he was going to be back in Washington, and then if they can bring him in for – for an interview that to me is a really interesting situation in Seattle because 
that division went from, well, it's kind of not very good, but the Niners are the best team by far. Seattle's whatever. The Rams, uh, they're probably going to tail off. And that's not the case. The Rams got better. Seattle was sniffing around the playoffs for a bit. And I think with this change, Seattle's going to be a very, very interesting team to watch. We've kept you very long today. Thank you very much for your time because I know you're very busy during uh, this particular week. Uh, can you give us a little tease? What can we expect on the fan check down the rest of the week? So today we have Adam Rank and Brad Spielberger, who's from Pro Football Focus. Tomorrow we have former Niner and former Buffalo Bill Dante Whitner will be joining the show. And then Friday um, we're working on a couple of things. I haven't had anything confirmed hmm. yet. Um, but we are working on a couple of things for Friday. Hopefully a former Super Bowl champion working on that one, uh, and we'll kind of see from there. And, and, of course, Friday we will give our predictions for the game, um, and I still have no idea who I'm picking. Okay, good. Then I won't even bother asking. We appreciate the time, man. <laughs> Enjoy the week. Enjoy the game. We'll talk soon. See you guys. There you go. Matt Marchese, uh, Sportsnet 590 out in Toronto, host of the Fan Checkdown. Mm-hmm. Works heavily on the Jeff Merrick show as well. He's yep. one of their producers. Does some great job out there in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking forward to the big game. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You got to wait till Friday for his picks. Got to wait till Friday. And yeah. our picks as well. Friday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our, our big bets? Our Is big that bets. what you're talking about? Yes, our big bets. Friday? Yeah. Not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Big L- lock of the day? Today. Lock of the day today. Yeah. Metal Supermarkets, Calgary. Mm-hmm. Bring us to the lock of the day. We still got to do that. We're going to do that in the next segment. Uh, Demontre Moore is going to join us. He's going to call in in oh, roughly 10 minutes here. So we do have a little bit of time. So mm-hmm. I figured what we do here is uh, play a little bit of the audio from the Super Bowl media days. Sure. So there was a few things that uh, are fun and funny, and there are some things that are dumb and stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the reporter who asked Pat Mahomes about his dad's DUI. I'm not going to play it. It's not very funny. Probably didn't need to be asked in that particular medium. Patrick also couldn't understand one of the questions, so the interaction is incredibly awkward, so we're not going to go there. But uh, here was a question for Andy Reid that uh, a German reporter asked, because, you know, it's not just the mainstream media. You've got your NFL network, your CBS Sports, your Fox, your three-letter network. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's, you know, Rash Madani and Sports, and you got all that. Mm -hmm. you got your your bloggers. you got your online YouTube shows. You have your influencers. And you have your international market. And Germany was here in full force. <laughs> Question from Germany. Um, as you said before, um, times have changed a lot. Uh, the internet, mobile phones. Um, what do you say about the conspiracies that uh, have popped up concerning Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, like some kind of Republican conspiracies, that you guys made it to the Super Bowl to actually secretly re-elect or help re-elect President Biden? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's way out of my league. <laughs> but yeah, there. What do you want from Big Red? There, there, there are people out there that do believe that this is a giant campaign to get Joe Biden reelected. Yeah, out there, it is, which is just hilarious. Yeah, uh, you can bet on a Joe Biden endorsement uh, from Travis Kelsey if they win the, the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure, mm-hmm. um, that'd be great. People are just hilarious. Like, I like the preamble to the question. Um, as you said before, um, times have changed a lot. Uh, the internet, mobile phones. Um, what do you say? You know, times have changed. The, the internet, internet, more iPhones. <laughs> How about conspiracies? Hmm. You involved in any? Fun. Um, hey, GVP, do you know who Lee Harvey Oswald is? Yeah. 
Okay. The guy who shot JFK. There you go. Incredible stuff. Wasn't sure that was going to be a legend. Yeah. Could <laughs> <laughs> be another guy. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy had someone oh, say, hey, you look like Harvey Lee Oswald. To, Harvey or Lee. Lee Harvey Oswald. Pardon me. <laughs> no, that was my bad. That was my bad. That. No, that one was on, that was on me. Damn it. Uh, this was Brock's answer. I have it. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Uh, Physical comparison, obviously. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> What the hell do you want, do you want him to say? To say? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. This yeah, he looked like point. the guy that shot JFK. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he does. This is my point. <laughs> when guys go to this and they have all their questions and they're like, oh, I got so much good stuff. I can't wait to ask. And then you do... Uh, Physical comparison, obviously. Yeah. Physical comparison, obviously. Nothing else. Okay. Wait, what? What are you trying to imply there? Did not love that. One of my favorites, though... The big question was, is Kyle Shanahan buckled? I don't know if you saw this one, but Kyle <laughs> Shanahan was um, maybe slurring his words a little oh. bit at the press conference as well. They are in Vegas after all, and it was media night. It wasn't media day. No, was, they changed it, that a few years ago. It was ago later in the night. evening. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. You just have a listen. You tell me what you think. When owner comes in after training camp practices and it's like, hey, how's the quarterback? And he, what he means is the starter yeah. or the second. And you and irritation go, I don't know, but our third guy's the best. Like, that's not what he wants to hear. So that's why he remembers it very Yeah, so there's there's a few moments in there. This one in particular. Hey, how's the quarterback? And he, what he means is the starter. What he means is the starter. The means is, right? Like, that's a bit pretty good tell. When people are, when you when Start you're combining words, yeah, when you're skipping the space bar mm -hmm. on the is, that's kind of a little bit of a red flag. Back and he, what he means is the starter <laughs> or the second. Might have had some pops over on the bus ride. I have no problem with that either. That's Vegas. That's Vegas, baby. Well done. When owner comes in after training camp practices and it's like, hey, how's the quarterback? And he, what he means is the starter yeah. or the second, and you and irritation go. I don't know, but our third guy's the best. <laughs> he was talking about how he evaluated Brock Purdy yeah. there. It was a nice line. I don't know, but that guy's good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe he had a couple wobbly pops out on the Vegas Strip. That Oswald kid can throw it. <laughs> you imagine Shanahan walks into the media veil. He's got one of those big plastic slurpy things that you get in oh, Vegas. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. big <laughs> two-foot-long tube of the booze. Crazy-looking straw. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a big straw. A he's got on some novelty sunglasses. Yeah. Mm. I mean, what he means is the starter. What he means is... Mm. Yeah, it was lots of fun. <laughs> Super Bowl's coming up on Sunday. 49ers, Chiefs. The media's going to continue. Nobody got bit by a coyote. Nobody got bit by a coyote. Don't worry about that. But, uh, hey, you never know. We might get some more stories coming out of Vegas before uh, before kickoff. Because this is the thing about, uh, as uh, that one German reporter said, uh, with the phones and the internet... Nothing really stays in Vegas anymore. No. Not like it used to. And I, It's good on the players that they're out at Lake, Lake Las Vegas. A uh, good trip away from the strip. Good on the players? Like I they mean, chose that? The, I mean, good on the teams and the, the <laughs> league to put the players out there. You don't need any distraction. Yeah, they picked that. I mean, the players were ecstatic. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, we got You know how much an Uber is? For when I actually want to go in and break all the rules? Like, Come I, on now. I don't know how much free time they have. I know we've had issues in the I past. Didn't... Like Super Bowl, you go back to Super Bowl 33. 
uh, player for the Atlanta Falcons. I forget his name, drawn a blank, but he was arrested the night before for uh, for a not so good thing with uh, an undercover police officer. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I um I remember doing some Grey Cups and the players just talking about how like it's it's nuts, like it's nonstop. It's it's avails and then prep and then more avails and then you're doing like community engagements to try and make maybe a little side hustle maybe you get a sponsorship thing mm-hmm. it's just it's non-stop and that's the gray cup mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is nothing like the super Bowl. <laughs> Not even close. so no. interested to find out uh, or to see what happens for the rest of the week but demontre moore is going to join us next he's going to join us in about five minutes time uh stampeders defensive lineman yeah Formerly with the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL, was part of that team the year that they went to the Super Bowl and lost against the Chiefs. We'll ask him about that. He's doing some broadcast work as well. We'll get the latest from Demontre Moore around the corner. Sports at 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the big show, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. George Russick will be back tomorrow. Patty Dumas is here. GVP is here. And we have a title sponsor. It's the big show for mortgagestogo.ca, always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit mortgagestogo.ca. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Hour two of the podcast is available wherever you get your pods, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. We got our lock of the day for Metal Supermarkets Calgary coming up in a little bit here. But first, we got about uh, 10 minutes to chat with our next guest down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Demontre Moore joins us, Stampeders defensive lineman. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? Uh, great morning. I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? We're doing pretty good. No complaints. Uh, how is the offseason? Where do we find you today? Uh, man, the offseason is going great. I'm actually down here in the Lone Star State in Texas in America. Excellent news. Is that where uh, home is for you all off season long? Yes, sir. Texas. I'm a Texas boy through and through, born and raised. Uh, Excellent. Born and raised here and went to Texas A&M, so yeah. What did you make of Calgary then in your uh, time up here? Because there's always been some similarities drawn between Calgary and Texas, or Alberta and Texas, really. Definitely, definitely. Uh, That was one of the biggest things I heard. They were like, hey, uh, Calgary is the uh, Canada's version of Texas, so you'll love it up there. And literally, when I got up there, it exceeded my expectations by that end. So the scenery was great, the people were great, and then it had that country feel, but still had enough of the city life. So I couldn't complain. I loved it. Tell us a little bit about your time here with Calgary and just being around the team. I know I know the year didn't really end. The guys would have liked, but uh, at the same time. This defensive line really starting to come together as free agency is kind of getting underway here for the CFL. Definitely. Like you, as you alluded to, uh, the year didn't go like we wanted it to, but I think we had some, we got some great key components that we're building off of. We're building that solid foundation. People started to gel well together. You had uh, different faces and a lot of these faces are coming back and as free agency wraps up. Uh, hopefully we continue to add uh the talent level in the defensive line room to breathe. It's, one, it's like that old saying, competition breeds the best factor in people. And so you're either going to rise and be the cream of the crop or uh, fold. And I think we need it. Uh, we need it for iron to sharpen iron. You have guys like myself, Mike Rose, uh, coming back. The list goes on and on. Hopefully we can get wigs back. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, only due time, but we'll see. 
Now, uh, you re-signed with the club back in November. Uh, I'm just curious, was the United Football League on your radar, that merged league of the XFL and the USFL? Because it is one of those things that, you know, a lot of CFL fans had wondered if that was going to hamper the amount of American talent that came north of the border. Yes, it definitely was on my radar, but it's like my dad says, I'm a uh, walking, I'm a walking book of cliches. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You want to go somewhere that you're wanted, people appreciate you and cherish. And then on top of that, consistency is key, especially in this game. I'm going into my third, uh, what is this? This will be my 12th year playing professional football. And in this game, in this business, consistency is everything. And you learn that over time. And the CFL has been around in one of the longest football uh, leagues there is. So why would I leave to go somewhere that's not established yet? And on top of that, with an unfamiliar face and uh, that uncertainty. Come on now. And then on top of that, most importantly, I'm trying to get Cal- uh, I'm trying to help Calgary get back to those winning phases to where we can go get another great cup and add on to that legacy. Yeah, I love that, man. Uh, also wanted to ask, as you mentioned, walking book of cliches, um, but you're doing some broadcast work now. Is that true? Yes, sir. Uh, during the offseason, I do some broad, uh, broadcasting work and sports analyst work uh, just on the side. Can't be a one-trick pony. Tell us a little bit about it. What what level are you doing? What's your role right now? And Do you like it? Uh, I love it right now. As far as level, I'm, I'm a freelance. It's one of those things like you got to go where you're accepted. So right now, I'm just doing radio, TV, pretty much whoever calls, I answer and give them my insight, and hopefully they love it. Uh, I had a reoccurring uh, role with um, good, um, I believe that's Good Morning, the uh, the website uh, where we did weekly updates on uh, what was going on in the NFL, and then also uh, I'm a premier uh, host on Texas Sports Radio, keeping up with uh, Texas A&M and uh, the football team and college athletics, so yeah, those are the things that I'm doing consistently. And then from there, uh, whenever I got somebody signed like yourself uh, that invites me onto the show, I'm pulling up. There you go. Demontre Moore, he is a Stampeders defensive lineman, but as you heard, wearing a lot of hats and uh, here to give us some insights on Super Bowl as well. Demontre, uh, I'm sure you, you remember the you remember the 2019 Niners team that went to to the Super Bowl. You didn't get to play in the game because he had an injury uh, earlier on in that season. But do you have any? I'm sure there's still guys that were around there with uh, back you with back in 2019 that you uh, that you still uh, maybe hang talk with a little bit. You, who are you going to be looking for there on Sunday? I'm going to be looking for the 49ers, like uh, everybody's been saying. It's unfinished business. Yes, I was there in 2019. Uh, I did not have the privilege of playing in the game, but helped uh, make some big plays throughout the season. Mm-hmm. It was there all off season, And to see the work and the admiration that people have for Coach Shanahan and that staff, and just to see how the team bonded together. We were all brothers. It's funny because, yes, majority of the core is still there, but there's a few people I'm playing in Canada. DJ Jones is with the Broncos, but the one thing that is that is unanimous about everything, you call everybody. Our coach, uh, D line coach, had this one saying: "D line for life. No matter what team mm-hmm. or where you go after this, this might be your last time ever stepping on the field." We did something that cannot be replicated, and we're going down in the history books. And you'll be able to call your brother. And literally, when I call all my brothers this week to be like, "Hey, what we got? We it's time to go." Uh, Guys are going to saddle up, and literally everybody is going to be surrounded around the TV, just like we're all still a part of that team. It's a, 
it's unfinished business. Kind of what I alluded to earlier with re-signing with Calgary. Like when you have that passion and that commitment, you got to go where it is. Uh, so that being said, I got yeah. the 49ers winning. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. And now, is that a biased pick or is that an unbiased pick? It's a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, what they say, you're, you're naturally biased. There's always three sides to the story. Yours, mine, has been the truth. <laughs> what situation did I put yourself in? And I put myself in that situation when I played with that team. But also, they put themselves in that situation with the stature that they have been uh, producing, the star power that they have. Like, you can't deny them. Yes, it is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and they show them that you can't bet against them. But the one thing that I feel that is the difference maker in between is, yes, we're going to have star power on offense and we're going to have on defense, but the difference maker is Christian McCaffrey. They didn't have him last time. For him to be the best running back or arguably the best, if not one of the premier running backs in that league, and to have him on your team, that gives you a whole different element. And then they have Brad Purdy at the quarterback helm. So, yes, it might be biased, but the facts are there. The statistics are there. They – Shown in, showed up day in and day out throughout the whole season. They deserve to be in this game, and I think this is going to be <laughs> that what they say that one hump you got to get over finally. Well, this camel's hump, I think Coach Shanahan is going to do it this time. Love to hear that. Uh, I did want to ask you, how is this Niners team going to slow down Travis Kelsey? Because I think a lot of us were surprised with the stat line he ended up against a pretty vaunted Ravens defense. So, how did the Niners slow down Travis Kelsey and that Pat Mahomes connection? It's like uh, every D lineman, and I think uh, the big guys say up front every time before a game, it all starts with us. And when I say starts with us, it starts with that front seven. They're going to have to get back there. They're going to have to rush, hit uh, Patrick Mahomes, but keep him in the pocket, not just pass rushing and allow him to escape because we all know that once he escapes out of the pocket, that's when he puts on his hat and he becomes the magician and makes magic happen. But if you can keep him in that pocket, keep your rush lanes there, he's not going to be able to throw it. Yes, I look at Travis Kelsey as uh, like a Steph Curry uh, NBA. Like he's going to get his. Like that premier player on these hmm. teams, they're going to get theirs. But how much can you minimize that? And I think Steve Wilkes is going to come up with a crazy defensive scheme. And I know Chris could say, I just talked to him earlier this week. He got them boys humming. He's giving them the best motivational speak, but he's also teaching them the tech technique. And that's going to set them over the edge. So we'll see. Uh, talk to me about Brock Purdy. This is a guy that he's been labeled the game manager. You know, people forget he was he was literally the last pick in the draft last year, and now he's risen to the point that he's playing in a Super Bowl. Uh, he's making less money than the suites cost there at, at Allegiant Stadium. Talk to me about Brock Purdy and what you've seen with him uh, over this year, and, and can he be the guy that can get the Niners their first Super Bowl in over 30 years? That is a phenomenal question. What do I think about Brock Purdy? I think he's like wine, man. I said I, I said it earlier. I'm a book of cliches. He, he's wine. He's only getting better with time. To go from being Mr. Irrelevant, my hat goes off to Kyle Shanahan, uh, picking, <laughs> picking the cream of the crop. He got the guy, the last pick into the draft. And honestly, if he didn't get hurt last year, the San Francisco might mm -hmm. have went to the Super Bowl. Who, who knows? Mm -hmm. They might have won it. We don't know. But being under the helms that they were, for him, under that short span of time, they were winning. He was being effective. And right now what he's doing, <laughs> he's doing the same thing that he was doing last year, but the only difference is he has a certain je ne sais quoi, a new <laughs> swagger coming with him right now because you see him. And when you get comfortable and you get to sit there, people have been labeling him uh, a game, a game uh, manager instead of a game changer. 
Well, he said it best in one of his quotes yesterday when he was on Radio Row. I embrace the game mm-hmm. manager role because when you're a great game manager, which he is showing that he is, he he has all the star power around them to let them be who they are. Christian McCaffrey, arguably one of the best uh, offensive tackles that we've seen in the last 30 years, and Trent Williams, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, like the Debo Samuel, the list goes on and on. But then when those guys haven't been there to make those plays or to give the team a spark. Guess what? You have Brock Purdy stepping up, and he proved to us last week. Who would have thought that Brock Purdy would have been able to go out there and scramble? You would have thought yeah. that was Lamar Jackson out there, the way he was <laughs> using his way. So he showed us a whole different element to his game. He can make the throws on the run. He can throw it on the drop of a dime. He can let his playmakers be superstars. But when he when the team needs him to get that spark and be who he is, guess what? He comes up, and that is a great game manager. Knowing when to lead, but also knowing when to follow. And that is what makes him so dangerous and adds a whole new element to this game. Like, we, when you know what's coming, you can kind of prepare for it. You can say, oh, man, Patrick Holmes, we know he's going to do this. We know he's going to do that. But for Brock Purdy being Mr. Irrelevant, doing all the things that we know, who would have thought that he would have did what he did last week? So my thing is, I'm going to follow up and say, who knows what he's going to do this week? We don't know. And it's so exciting to watch him. It goes back to that old saying, any given Sunday. Well, this is any given moment right now. And Brock is living in the moment. So I hope he continues to do that. And we'll see where the stars fall. Demontre, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, when are you planning on coming back to town? Ah, man, I do not know you. I got to talk to Coach. Uh, but it will probably be around uh, It'll probably be around May, beginning of May. So maybe a little bit sooner if there's uh, some things in the works. So we'll see. Got to get my family situated, but I'm trying to get up there as fast as possible so we can get to work. Well, we'd love to have you come in studio and tell some stories if that's uh, all right with you when you get back to town. Oh, definitely, for sure. I appreciate y'all for having me. We got to link up more throughout the season. Love it. You bet, brother. Take care, man. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. Thanks for engaging. Y'all too. Enjoy Super Bowl weekend. There you go. Demontre Moore, Calgary Stampeders defensive lineman, and an analyst. Yeah. Doing a little radio Damn here and there, chance. a little Texas A&M coverage. Yeah. Just a tiny little school no one really pays attention to. No, just, just a, a little, little SEC school, no problem. Nothing in the NCAA. <laughs> just a minor little, minor little market, nothing there. Um, but yeah, I actually really enjoyed that analysis and that chat. So hopefully he uh, swings by the studio and we can do a little storytelling because like you mentioned, 12 years of pro football, mm-hmm. a lot of that in the NFL I'm sure Mm -hmm. he's got a few tails, and he's got lots of teammates that are on this 49ers team that are going to be playing in the game today. Uh, Arik Armstead, Fred Warner. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Mm -hmm. Those are kind of the ones on the defense. Debo was there. Um, Kittle was there Mm -hmm. still. Mm -hmm. Their punter was still there. Mm -hmm. There's a few guys that have uh, carried over in the middle of that core. So, yeah, it was a great chat. We'll look forward to having him on the show. When he gets into Calgary on in May. But uh, that's almost it for us. We have a couple of things left to do. Uh, first off, he joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. The podcast is going to be available wherever you get your pods, Apple, Spotify, or Google. But before we get out of here, because you do have some guests in Hour 4, uh, lock of the day for Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes. Cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue Southeast. Uh, George has a pick as well. He sent it in. Yeah, he did. Okay, you can grab it on your phone. I'll give you mine really quickly while you pull that one up. Uh, I have a couple of things I like tonight, but I didn't really love the numbers that I was getting either of them at. So I've taken one that I like, and I've parlayed it with a super heavy favorite. 
I've got Austin Matthews to score a goal or more and the Minnesota Wild on the money line. A little bit of a parlay there for you. That's what I'm going to be uh, paying attention to this evening. The Minnesota Wild are visiting the Chicago Blackhawks, and Connor Bedard's still not going to be back. So I'm going to take the Wild on the money line, parlay that with an Austin Matthews uh, anytime goal, and uh, like the number that I'm getting up there into a little bit of mid-plus money. So there you go. Uh, George, yep. There you go. Uh, George is going back to the German Cup. Uh, he lost yesterday. His first half total, one and a half, did not hit. Uh, today, he's taking Mainz and Union Berlin to go over the total, two and a half. Excellent. Love me some Union Berlin. <laughs> yes. Won't uh, miss it. Yes. Well, don't miss it. It'd Same. Be, yeah. That'd exactly. be GVP. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will go to uh, college basketball, Iron Bowl basketball version again. Alabama taking on Auburn. Uh, the tide are five and a half point dogs heading into Auburn. I like them to cover that number tonight. Battle of two top 20 teams. Mm-hmm. Roll tide. Yeah, I'm right. Uh, I'm going to do some basketball as well, as I always do here. Uh, Clippers taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. Brandon Ingram coming off a huge game against the Toronto Raptors where he had 40 plus points. Uh, Clippers also just been on a red hot streak here as well, playing some really good basketball. Might be the best team out in the Western mm-hmm, Conference, maybe. playing that way for sure. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I'm going to take the over 231 and a half. Excellent news. Uh, love that. Okay. Um, going to be a lot of fun. Those are our locks of the day for Metal Supermarket Calgary. Offering a large variety of metal types and shapes, cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal located on 50th Avenue Southeast. Big Show Plus is coming up, and you're going to be previewing what we actually have on the radio tonight. Yeah, Hitman GVP. and the Regina Pats. Yeah, G- Hitman, Regina Pats, as well as the uh, Every Child Matters game. That goes down on Saturday, February 10th. I'm going to talk to the play-by-play voice of the Hitman, Brad Curl. Bottom of the hour, uh, NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. I'm going to talk to... Uh, NBA writer for Sportsnet, Mm -hmm. Kai Gamage. He just wrote a uh, rumor roundup piece for Sportsnet. Going to talk to him about that. Any more raps on the move, or are they already done? Brown, eh? Anybody else? Yeah, they're probably going to flip Bruce Brown. Hold note for a first. Yeah, probably. Wow. Yeah, that would be a tidy little bit of work. Well, it would be. I don't want something the same as an NHL first, but nevertheless. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll get out of here then. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow, friends. Russick will be back. Uh, We got the Big Show Plus coming up. Hitman, Pats tonight on the radio, and then tomorrow it'll be the Flames and the Devils, another early one as they continue this Eastern Conference roadie. We will be all over it right here on your home for the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.